You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV scandal. Still on camera. Show. My bad. <laughs> Gladiators, what's up? How are you doing this beautiful evening? Bing is for doing, and we are here doing a very special after show for Scandal. This is season two, episode four, and we're very excited to be here. It's our Halloween special, and you're going to notice we're all dressed as our favorite characters from Scandal. So before we do anything else, I'm your host, Emilinus Jr., and tonight I'm dressed as Harrison, and hey. next to me we have... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia, dressed as Abby with the red wig. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley, dressed as POTUS. No, Flotus. Ooh, Melly. <laughs> <laughs> Already getting a little confused. Again, Sophia dresses Melly. <laughs> and I'm Ben Merrickson dressed as Huck. Because we couldn't tell. <laughs> um, so what we want to do um, for Scandal Pace tonight is we want to do each of us five of our favorite quotes from each character in order of um, least to favorite. So my five quotes for Harrison um Obviously, if you remember from last season, he said, shut it down to Quinn. That's one. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Um, another one is, if you were innocent, you could have just called a lawyer. Three, just because you don't see things happening doesn't mean things aren't happening, which I use in everyday life now. Um, the one from last week, I'm Quinn, bitch. And then finally, which I think is one of the most important <laughs> quotes of the whole show, I'm a gladiator in a suit because that's what you are when you work for Olivia. <laughs> Olivia, you're a gladiator in a suit. You want to be a gladiator in a suit. You got to say it. And I want to be a gladiator. All right. What's up? All right. So like I said before, this is Cornelia. I am in character as Abby. Uh, first quote, you did work with a bunch of lawyers. Also, I hear they're in the phone book talking to <laughs> Quinn. The next quote is to Huck. What do you think, Huck? Ready to work across the hall from the Molotov mistress? Hmm? <laughs> Next quote, one of my favorite. I'm not deranged. I'm just divorced. <laughs> the next, we manage crisis. We save reputations. And my favorite, which is a long one. When Charles fractured three of my ribs and broke my jaw and threw me out into the snow in my nightgown, Olivia Pope took a tire iron and broke his kneecap and got me the best divorce attorney in the state and got me out of that marriage. I'm done. <laughs> Those were good quotes. All right. I am Melly, the first lady herself. The first one is, are you seeing anyone? If you remember, that was her first interaction with Olivia, which is once we realize that's actually very catty. And then the second one is, there isn't a person in this building who wouldn't go to extremes for you. And that was talking to the president. 
talking to Olivia, you broke his heart and you left him open and vulnerable and helpless. And this is how that snake Billy Chambers got that shiny red Amanda apple right into Fitz's hand. I do my job. I smile and I push him and I make sure he has what he needs. I do my job. Why couldn't you do yours? Third or fourth is, you want a deal? Fine, let's deal. For starters, I'm going to need to take my husband back because clearly I have to do everything myself from now on. And my personal favorite is, get over her. You see her again, I'll blow you away. And I'm an excellent shot. Remember that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Bam Merrickson playing Huck. And so a couple of my favorite quotes is uh, the first one, I like my work. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia says we trust her. We trust her. Uh, my name is Huck. I'm an alcoholic. Let's just say I drink whiskey. Uh, this one's a long one. Uh, on latex gloves, a 24-inch a bone saw, a skull, ch- a, a skull chisel, and a, an industrial uh, meat cleaver, three dozen heavy-duty trash bags, ten bath towels, a 30-foot roll of plastic wrap, and two black coffees, extra tall. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite one is, I will peel you like a grape. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's when we saw the real Huck. And... And that, that was our scandal page for our quotes. And again, because it is Halloween, uh, we are going to give a quick shout out to our favorite scandal villains, people we are afraid of. And we have rated them. So after we are done, if you think that we got the order wrong, then tweet us and tell us in what order you would put them in. So number four scandal villain is Amanda Tanner. Number three is Melly, the first lady. She is scary, and I find out, I think we're going to find out how scary she really is. Number two is Billy Chambers. Hmm. Mr. Scissors himself. (laughs) And the number one scandal villain is and always will be. Cyrus Mi- Bean. Mr. Cyrus Bean. So again, so if you just for the countdown, number four is Amanda Tanner. Number three is Melly Grant. Number two is Billy Chambers. And number one is Cyrus Bean. If you agree with us, tweet us. If you don't agree with us, tweet us. And on iTunes and on YouTube, that was your scandal pace. We're going to get ow. right back. We're going to yes. get right into the show. So let's start with the whole main storyline, which was Jenny Nystrom, who is this girl that went missing. Her loving parents were looking for her. And I really love how Olivia fixes the situation. She told the parents, you know, um, you need to have that one picture that's going to grab America's heart because that's the one that's going to tug in their heartstrings. You know, you need the one that's going to be the one that they remember. And then she said, you need to have the emotional plea. And it can't just be any emotional plea. It has to really, once again, tug at the heartstrings. And it's just nice to see her do her job because we all love to see Olivia fix things. But then... We see that there's more to this story because, ironically, Harrison was on this website he frequents and he sees that, what was it called? It was Beltway Unbuckled, the Beltway title Unbuckled. of the episode. And it was a girl who basically talks about her sexual endeavors on this blog every time. And she hadn't posted anything since that last Thursday. There wasn't anything for Friday. And so we find out that this Jenny Nystrom girl is the Beltway Unbuckled girl. And that's when the whole scandal starts. So... Exactly. And I, and I think it, it's one of those situations where you never know what's going to happen. And basically, Olivia led with the fact that she's this great, wholesome girl with these great, wholesome parents. And all of a sudden, she gets thrown a curveball. And you saw how the media basically then began to attack her. And almost the, the media forgot that she was still missing. And the fact that she, you know, was writing this blog about her sexual escapades with, you know, highly political, powerful people in D.C. somehow overshadowed the fact that this young girl who was 19 was missing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this whole, this this scandal, it was a little more, the beginning was heart-wrenching, especially the part where they were getting the facts from the hospital because they thought that the, their daughter was somewhere, you know, in a coma, when in fact Olivia was at a crime scene and saw that she, they, you know, discovered her dead in a ditch. I was going to say, Go ahead. I haven't called Quinn a chicken head all season, but for this one, you get a chicken head award because you should know from the book of Olivia that, excuse me, that <laughs> this hair's in my, in my mouth, that you never, she should have never brought the parents there without getting. Without well, it brought us back to season one where she did the same thing. She told Amanda Tanner's father, who was struggling with the fact that his daughter was missing, that she, everything was going to be okay. Then we find out she's dead. She did the exact same thing where she called the parents and said, oh, and we think she's fine. She's just in a coma. And then Olivia gets a call and finds out that it's actually a girl in the ditch. And we don't know if it's her yet, but then we get confirmation. And then you have parents who are holding on to something. It's a little bit of hope because it's different knowing that your daughter is missing. Then you, in the back of your mind, you're saying, okay, she may be dead. She may be alive. But when you have somebody tell you, oh, yeah, we think it's her and she's just in a coma, that creates a whole different sensation. You kind of push away the fact that she might be dead. And then once you find out she's dead after that, you're done. It's like it's even worse yeah. than before. I agree. And I think I love how they play with the camera angles and how they always go back and forth. So it's almost if the two were happening at the same time that here's this girl in a coma and they're basically waiting for the facts to come in with a picture of her. And then if that's their daughter, they know she's okay versus the other scene with Olivia. And they're obviously showing this young girl who's been severely beaten. And basically Olivia is telling them, well, she has a crucifix um, anklet and that would be the identifying mark. And that was the last shot you saw when they basically showed her ankle and, and, and you knew. And it switched back to the same moment that the parents saw the picture and realized it wasn't their daughter. And I think at that moment they knew even before Olivia alerted them to the fact that their daughter had passed away. Yeah. And going back that just shows the innocent side of Quinn like she really in her heart was that like that young girl helping the parents like oh my god we probably found them you know yay not really thinking from the perspective of a gladiator she was thinking from if this were my you know my family I would want to hear some good news I know this is it maybe this is it and when they got the facts then she was probably like oh maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. She should have learned that from last season though. But I think but I think this is the what's great about this show is that again all the characters are authentically who they mm-hmm. are. So regardless of the fact that Quinn, you know, ran away for two years and basically was under an assumed identity, regardless of the fact that she spent six months in jail and thought she was potentially going to go to jail and or be executed, she still is the underlying element of who she is, which is a naive girl and not what Bam likes to call her. Um, So I think that that actually isn't going to change until Quinn actually has something to do. And I think that's part of the problem is that she's still a peripheral associate. She actually doesn't handle anything, anything of substance. So I think she hasn't evolved and she hasn't grown as a person within her character. That is so true. She doesn't have anything to do. She's trying to find a place for herself. Let me be the consoler, the comforter. Right. But at the same time, you can kind of see why she doesn't have a place because she was put into the situation and then six six episodes later, the, it hit the fan. Yeah. And now she's coming back. So she does, she hasn't really had time to find a place because she has to kind of lay low from from the big ordeal of the Who is Quinn. But you notice that they did not 
no one's no one spoke to her or no one ridiculed her like like Olivia did last time for the mistake that she made. They they kind of no one said anything. They just let it go. I, the only thing I saw was Olivia did a big eye roll, and I think the she, only yeah. reason that she didn't address it was because she got the phone call. I agree. Because right. Olivia was definitely about to say something maybe after the fact, but she got that phone call which took her away from addressing it immediately. And I go ahead, Kenny. And it's difficult to find your place when you don't even know who you are. You got to remember. Quinn is two different people. So while she is still Quinn, she really is Lindsay, but she's trying to navigate at this firm mm-hmm. and in life as now this new person, Quinn, who Olivia told her she was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she, I, when, when she does that, she's like drifting and trying to find a way to me. It just looks like she's like, okay, is this what Quinn is supposed to do? Like, what, mm-hmm. what am I really doing? Yeah. It, it, her story. Um, go ahead. And I think also too. I think that's why Olivia didn't reprimand her because I think then that's when the scandal really got juicy because then they have to figure out who did it. They realize that it's a diplomat, and then that makes it worse because normally then their job is over. They found who actually you know killed their client. They can get justice for their client or you know what I mean or the client the the parents of the young girl. But they realize because he has diplomatic immunity, what are they going to do? And they do what they do best is that they play to the court of public opinion and basically they took it directly to president grant and they made the parents the spokespeople and they basically on national television pled to the president to get justice for their daughter in stating that simply because he's a diplomat he shouldn't be able to basically get away with murdering a young a young girl Mm -hmm. and i mean it sucks in situations like this and we we saw that, you know, he is a diplomat, but there's also the issue with the foreign policy that the president's dealing with. And then there what was the other issue. There was the. Well, because it was it was basically because they possibly needed the airspace of Kyrgyzstan right. if they were going to invade East, East Sudan. Sudan. Yeah. So we had that issue. And then the other option was to obviously get them to back down and have him arrested, which we couldn't do. And so before we talk about what Melly did. We saw at the beginning of the episode, Fitz was sleeping on the sofa and he was afraid of the press finding out. That's why he didn't sleep on the guest rooms. He didn't mm-hmm. want the press to find out that they were sleeping separately. And then we saw Melly gave her list of options of what he could say, which is she's so she, but she's, brilliantly maniacal. Yes. Yes. Everything she, is so calculated. And what's but, up? Which is she's she's. She wants to make sure that she is known. She doesn't want to make any mistakes while she's in while, while she's in the in the in the White House. So she wants to make sure she she's pretty much has to to bear this huge secret of what's going on with her husband. There's no there's no there's no real love. So as far as she's concerned, only the the people such as her, the uh, Fitz, Olivia, and Cyrus are the only people that's going to ever know this. And she's going to make the world think that she is this perfect first lady, and she doesn't care at what. At what at, at what means that it is going to take to do that? I hey guys, think, what's up? Yeah. We have a uh, we have a uh, caller that's a fan. She called earlier, but now she's <laughs> now you're actually doing your show. Yeah, uh, go ahead and patch her through. Yeah, all yeah. right. Hi, identify yourself, Gladiator. This is Outlaw Josie. Hello. What up? what up? How are you, darling? Our Gladiator. What did it you think about the show? It's 2.30 in the morning here in New York, but I waited up because I said I was going to call. Oh, thank, thank you. you so I much. Had, I done had hot palpitations, hot flashes, everything tonight because they just put me over. They just put me over. So what did you think about the episode? That round table just blew mm. my yeah. mind. None of us were expecting it. And when fit told her it was over, I was like, oh my God. Did you I mean, cry? I was like, <gasps> it was like, when that 
room was like making all this noise. I crowd the people in there, and then it went silent. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I knew he was going to be in there, but it's just the way it happened. It was like, oh my God. Did you cry? I thought, I mean, you know what? I couldn't cry. I thought I was, I had my tissue and everything. I'm like, <laughs> It and just jo- wouldn't come out because I was like, what the? And cried. Josie, I didn't cry either, and I'm a crybaby. I think it literally stunned me so much. It actually hurt me more than if I could have cried. Yeah, I know. And everybody, because we, this whole week, we were all talking about we're going to have our puffs, puffs out and everything. <laughs> and we stand across. But everybody I've talked to tonight said they just couldn't cry. It just wouldn't come out because you was like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> hey. oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm sorry. That's I wasn't okay. Sorry. It's okay. You caught it. You caught it. You okay. got it. So what was your favorite part of the episode? My favorite part was that damn ooh, ooh, ooh. That's good. That's good. Oh, yes. She told Olivia. I was like, what? And the, about the breathe, you breathe each other, and you, you breathe and think, oh, my God. <laughs> she had Woo. some great quotes yeah, in there. very great quotes. But we have so much to that talk about. That was my favorite part, because she knew that she read her. She read her, and she told her. And she's like, you better. And I told, I tweeted. I said, honey, you better be careful with the asphalt, because you might just get it. That's and true. when you get it, it ain't going to feel like you want it to feel. Just like that lady said. Outlaw Josie, you're a mess. We, we, we love you. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. Gladiator. We'll continue this conversation on Twitter like in an hour or like 45 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm go to bed. It All is right. 2.30. Well, make sure you watch oh, us tomorrow on YouTube. To I'll okay. talk to you guys in two weeks, I guess. It's going to kill me. I but, understand. But, we'll, but also online on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk to you on Twitter. We'll speak okay. to you on Twitter. Bye, you guys. Bye, guys. Thanks, Thanks for staying up. up. Thanks for staying bye. up. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye, Gladiator Josie. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, wow, that was nice. That was awesome. Yeah. Gladiators, we love you. We love Seriously. you all. Put a smile on all of our faces. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about. Um, oh yeah, Melly. the conflict between Melly and Fitz, mm-hmm. and so they have this struggle going on. And the last line that Melly said when she was giving his lips list of options, and she said, you know, and also you can tell them that I'm sleeping in another bed because um, my husband is having an erection from Olivia Pope. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> she's not she she doesn't hold her tongue anymore at all. Before you you knew she knew and she kind of kept quiet about it. But I think now that she knows she has the upper hand, she has a, she knows she has the baby, the pregnancy, and so now she I feel like I feel like she's to the point now where she doesn't have to hold, she doesn't have to bite her tongue. She's pregnant, like basically like what are you going to do or say to me you know because i could i could ruin your presidency if you if you go there with me so she feels like i feel like uh melly feels like she has the upper hand so she's going to say whatever she wants to say and he's going to have to take it and shut up and deal with it but of course fitz only sometimes deals with it sometimes he comes back and and so now it's no secret that their that their relationship or their marriage is on the rocks and we saw that because i was going to say i feel like we're seeing a different side of melly she's always been the same person but we're finally seeing the melee where it was to the point where she said um and how soon are you leaving or something like that mm-hmm. like she doesn't even want to look at him anymore no, because yeah. she realized the relationship is just to i was about to say something maybe, else but Emil, we're also seeing a different side of fit uh, yeah i mean he's a heartbroken fit <laughs> yeah 
But also I think it's because I think it's because just similar to the parents, I think that for a second she had hope. I think in uh, the other woman, the limo scene, she was reaching out to him and she thought, I can fix this. Like he hasn't passed away. There isn't an illegitimate child. So we can potentially fix our marriage. That's number one. Number two, you know, um, last uh, episode, the hunting season. Again, I think with that scene where they're folding the when she's folding the baby clothes and they have that interaction, that hope. Hope is a very powerful thing. And when you potentially open your heart, especially because, yeah, it was a cold marriage. She had that little spark. And for that split second, thought that there was something. And that shutting of the door was worse than their dead marriage however many years before. So that's why she's like, I'm not holding anything back. I do hate you. I'm smiling because that goes exactly back to what Quinn did to the parents. Go ahead. And then... You have to look at, too, Melly is at her boiling point with her position in the White House as well. So not only does she have a problem with her husband, their relationship, the marriage, it just, for her, it's just ridiculous and it's over. But she is now voicing on a regular basis that she has a problem with her position because she said, I have a Harvard degree. I was top of my class. I want to sit at the table. Every opportunity that she gets now, it's about what she should be doing. I think she's she's just fed up with everything, Absolute, her whole position. Keneally, not only is she fed up, but as Cyrus as Cyrus told her, you knew your position and where you were supposed to be. She knew that, but again, because things have changed, she's pregnant and, and she knows that her their relationship She's to the point, like what you said, she's, she doesn't care anymore. So she wants to now have the cards in her favor. She knew that she knew what she was getting into when she got in this marriage and she got into the White House. But because the president, you know, did what he did, she feels that all bets are off. And now I'm going to play by my rules and I'm going to make changes because this is how I feel. I agree. I disagree with Bam 100 percent. It's the exact opposite. The interaction with with Melly and Cyrus was her saying before I actually had a seat at the table. They were partners. They may not have been lovers. They may not have been a traditional husband and wife, but they were going at this as equals. And and obviously, when you go back to the last scene at the table, that's why she actually had a seat at the table. And even we'll get into this a little bit later. But that's why Fitz said they work together. They worked together, past tense, meaning they collectively were always integral in basically his presidency. Somewhere along the way, why? Partially because of of Olivia, she lost that seat. And that's what she was mad about. And that's why Cyrus says, things have changed. We've all made sacrifices. Things changed means that before she had a seat, now she doesn't. But But she's always, well, Olivia, when you go back to the episode when they were, um, when they were campaigning, Olivia was there the whole... I don't know. I, well, well, but think about it because Olivia was there to help them get reelected to show that they have some type of love connection there. But I think what Sophia is trying to... Or what she did say, it's basically they got to where they were because of that partnership they had at an equal level. Okay. Well, so... Melly seems to have a problem with doing all first lady duties except the ones that she likes. So did she come into the White House thinking that she was exempt from doing all of that? Talking to kids, kissing babies. I think though the or, problem or is with the imbalance. Like the it. problem is with imbalance. If you you she can basically Melly can suck it up because that's basically what Melly yeah. has done as long as she knows she has a seat at the table. Now basically why she's starting to unravel and she's ticking is because basically she's like, okay, so kids are puking on me. I've done all this and I may not have my second chapter. 
that's what she's starting to realize. And that's why I think she's unraveling and she's going hard because she was she literally is like, I refuse to have had kids for you to literally have given up my life, my career and all that. And then basically that all my legacy is, is as a first lady who is purely ornamental because not all first ladies are. Let's keep like, let's make sure we recognize that not all first ladies are ornamental if you just look at history, but she is slowly becoming that woman. And I think that's why. Basically, she realizes this is her move. She goes into to Fitz's office and she basically makes her case with Cyrus. Basically, they tell her to kick rocks. So she basically does what? She calls the fixer and she calls Olivia. And when that phone rings, when Olivia's with the judge, obviously when, you know, the judge is basically talking about, oh, you're obviously in love with him. And then the phone rings and she picks it up and it's the White House. And obviously you think it's Fitz. And when you realize it's Melly. Mm. And the fact that Melly basically is, is proposes, you know, a solution to Olivia and basically is like, oh, the story's dying down with the Nystrom parents. I want to basically support this cause. And I think that this will give you the leverage that you need. And that's exactly what she does. I think she makes a power move. And I think when this happened, you know, obviously it was the perfect thing to tug in America's heartstrings. She's the first lady campaign for the the justice for this, this girl who's murdered by the person who can't be touched. But I think it was hard for me, despite how I feel about Fitz in certain situations, it was hard for me to see him go through so much pain seeing the two women. I don't want to say love because I don't. But the two in women a way, in his life. The in a way, the two women in his life. Yeah. To see them partnering together because then it's like a blatant slap to the face in a way. And there's two sides. There, there is the, the you know the love side, the everything's gonna be okay side. You love Olivia. You have your wife. You have the, the life with Melly. That's not all right. Those two should never connect. And then you have the reality side where Melly was working with Olivia when she was helping you in mm-hmm. the beginning. So Melly does have a relationship with Olivia. Now it's, it's just now lost. it's yeah now it's lost or it's not a good one. But Fitz, it seems like he he forgot for a second that Olivia did actually have a relationship with Melly and now they found a way regardless of him to you know circle back to each other and, and so I think that's you, why he laughed and so yeah, yeah I was going to say and so is that why you think he laughed because that's completely that's why, why he laughed, laughed. yeah the you know his wife and his you know he was going to say <laughs> and, and, he goes, and he goes Olivia and Pope he goes yeah. Olivia Pope you know I'm the most powerful man in the world, but you know these two basically got me. Uh, what did he say? He got uh, uh, something about his kneecaps. Got him. Got him to drop to his knees. He said they're political genius. Yeah, they're and political then genius. Cyrus was like, "Who are you talking about?" And said both of them. They work together. Game over. They win. Mm. And it's true. I mean, and in a way, again, like I said, I think he kind of forgot that it could come to this because, in in theory, when you have a wife and you have a girlfriend on, you know, on the side or mistress or someone that you really love other than your wife, you never think that those two will connect. And he, and, and since the, you know, he knew that Olivia and Melly didn't get along to him. It was like, oh, they'll never talk. What? Well, I don't think that he didn't think that they, they didn't get along, but there was a disconnect. Oh, no, 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 no. From from the time when the deal was made, there was never again that they were going to be friends. And the funny thing is, before that, even though we come to find out that Melly knew, Melly still was good with her. Mm -hmm. At least made the pretense. That's why she says, I smile. She interacted with her. She chit-chatted with her. She was like, if there's a problem, call Olivia Pope. When that deal was made and all the cards were on the table that she knew, she basically let it the cat out of the bag that she knew that they had an affair, that was when they no longer could be friends. And that's why their interaction 
in season two is drastically different than it is season one. And And even, I was going to say, even to the point, not even beyond the affair, to the point where the president was going to quit resign from everything and possibly go away with Olivia, divorce his wife, that takes to a whole nother level where there's no way you could be friends with her again. And Melly told him, if you see her again, I will blow you away. And then next week, she sees her. It was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? He couldn't have expected, he didn't expect that at all. Yeah. At all. Well, before we um, go into, obviously, we're <laughs> heading in the right direction, Olivia and Fitz, I want to quickly talk about iTunes. Um, you know, each week, guys, we tell you to go to iTunes, search for AfterBuzz TV, click on Scandal, rate, comment, subscribe, and share. I cannot explain how overwhelmed and overjoyed I am to see how interactive you guys are with us on iTunes because in this past week we got over 20 ratings and comments just keep flowing in. We'll give shout-outs later, but it's just so... Um, so comforting and we're so appreciative to see that you guys really are enjoying our um our podcast and we just want you guys to keep sharing it and keep liking it and keep just keep supporting us keep supporting after buzz tv and we're just really appreciative of that. Um, thank you everybody thank yeah, you so it's, much it's not a competition just support the show you love um, and also if you want you can download the podcast app which is on itunes and or in the app store for all your app related devices and that will put all your podcasts whether it be scandal podcasts or any of your other favorite after Buzz tv after shows into one neat little app instead of having to go through all the steps of going to itunes and click on the page you can just go straight to that app and it'll be right there and if you're subscribed to us it will automatically download um the podcast straight into that app so every friday morning you'll get a nice little podcast straight into your um phone or ipad whatever device you have it on so once again guys we really appreciate it and for our youtube fans we appreciate you too over a hundred and something comments on youtube this week over 50 ratings guys thank you so much um just thank you thank you thank you thank you so uh yeah yeah thank you (laughs) so let's talk about fitz and olivia you know with this obviously fitz has been struggling he's been struggling ever since the whole controversy of last week and you know cyrus has been trying to keep him afloat and keep him focused on his duties and his job and there was a scene where olivia had to come to the white house to deal with the whole jenny thing and she was talking to cyrus trying to see if there was anything he could do and they said basically that because um what was his name lavich is that the last name? Yeah, Lavich. Because Lavich had di- diplomatic immunity and they were trying to do the East Sudan thing that basically they couldn't do what she needed them to do. And he was saying, I need you to leave, though, because I don't want the president to see you. And we know why, because once the president sees, all the feelings are going to come up. But I think it took a different approach. It went a different way than I thought it was going to go, because when the president walked in and saw her, it wasn't the whole, you know, I need to see you and all this stuff. Cyrus sat down ready for the situation to happen, (laughs) because I think Cyrus kind of knew what was going to happen. The president's frustrated. He got rejected last week. And now she comes back in not to see him, but we knew that it could possibly happen. And when he sees her, he... He said, what was the line he said? He said something. Oh, he said, I see the error of my ways. And that it was a double play because he was talking about with um, the lavish thing and with this. He said, I see the error of my ways. And Olivia clearly was heartbroken from that. But it's funny because we don't know. Olivia is playing mind games with herself because we know what she wants and we know what's right. But I think the Supreme Court justice who has cancer, we found out this episode, said something very important when they were when she basically revealed that she knew that Olivia was seeing the president. She said, as if right and wrong are fixed. And they're not. Like, <laughs> and we, this is the, especially with Olivia in this particular show, right and wrong are just so merged together. And we see Olivia always has some type of purpose. But with that relationship, 
No, I, I, I think yeah. it's per- I think it's perfect. And I think that basically what fits in his dialogue was saying is, OK, cool. If I'm not yours and why are you here? Right. Because at the end of the day, if you're just some person, I'm the president of the United States of America. Get out of my office. And, but- and I think that's why she looked at him kind of like, wait, what? Because he was taking her at face value. I'm not yours. So cool. Then I can't do this. And you know that because you're a smart girl. I think that's basically what he said to her. Mm -hmm. So get out. But that was, Sophia, that was a smart move on the president because in a normal, in a normal relationship, if the other person is saying it's over, it's over, it's over, then at some point on the other side, you do have to accept that it's over if that's what they want. Because the more, if you keep going to them, then all this is going to do is aggravate the person. So it was smart of him to play that. Although he knows that Olivia does not want it to be over, it was best that he pretend and do what? I was going to say, somebody said something in the comments last week I thought was very astute. They said last week in the um, hunting season when they were in the car and the president was telling her to get out of the car. You have to realize if Olivia is saying... I'm not yours. I'm all this stuff. I'm not yours. And, you know, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Don't call me. If the president brought you and summons you and he tells you to get out the car, he's the president. You get out the car. So I think in her mind, she's still treating the president as her man. If the president, if I, if, if I was dating a female president and she said, get out the car. And I said that it's over. And now as the president, you're addressing Olivia Pope or Emil Innocent saying, get out of the car. If the president, the leader of the free world tells you to get out of the car, you get out of the car. Yeah, I, I, see, I disagree I with you. I see a different oh. perspective. I'm sorry, ma'am. Cause I, I think I commented on someone who said something similar. Yes, he's the president. When the president tells you to get out the car, you get out the car. But when you're dealing with a relationship, the person you meet and the man you fell in love with is who you usually address him as. So if I were dating a man and we had a relationship, I fell in love with him. And then five years later, he became the CEO of a company. I won't treat you like the CEO of a company Mm -hmm. when we're interacting on our own because I don't because I didn't originally see you as that. And that is not the man that I am with. I'm with you. If we're in public in a public setting, of course, I'm going to show you that respect Mm -hmm. and behind closed doors. I'm going to show you the respect of the CEO. But it's not natural for me to automatically address you as your professional position because that's not who you are. She can't have the best of both worlds, though. But to jump to 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 jump on what Keneally is saying, it's one thing you arrange for you. The Fitz arranged for Olivia to meet in a very private setting. He had everything set up. That was not a situation where it's Mr. President uh, Olivia. That was that was clearly a boo thing. Um, no, uh, no, 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 no. And I and I and I agree with what everyone's saying, but I think that Emil has a very great point because also too, it was a it was a political function. Even though they were out in the middle of nowhere, that hunting is a is a political expedition. So I agree with Emil. You don't actually know why you're being summoned. Like he could be summoning you because you are needed to fix something. But I think we're going off course. And yeah. the only other thing too yeah. is I think that he also got angry because I think that he was afraid he couldn't he couldn't help her. And I think that's also where he's starting to realize he's starting to realize like how brilliant she really is. I think he's always known that, but I think at the end of the day, he now has to start to be her equal on that level. I think even, you know, in earlier episodes when he's like, I don't need you, I think he's starting to realize and he's starting to pull away. So if he can't, if he no longer needs Olivia, then he needs to step up and stop being Fitz and he needs to be President Grant. And I think that interaction is what he was doing. I think the problem is they're always going to have the undertow. So that's why she basically looked at him and she didn't even respond. Yeah. And And that's powerful. And now 
Olivia, she says, stay away from me. But then you come to him to ask for something like you. It's one thing if you really don't want to be involved with someone. It's one thing if you don't want them in your life. But then as soon as I need something, I'm coming back. Well, because that's the thing I'm because assuming she will be to everybody. there. She's treating him personally, but she needs him professionally. Yeah. Right. Say that again. She does, that, that, was, to, she like does that. that to everybody because she, she, she goes to David whenever. Uh, David basically said, you know, buzz off. We're not friends. And in her mind, she's like, whatever, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. If I need something from you, I'm going to go to you. She's done it to David uh, uh, time after time. And when she needed the president, she went to him. So, yeah, bam. <laughs> That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Can I also say something in regards to um, Olivia? Because I'm not sure we're going to say this. When Olivia was with the judge, mm-hmm. she turned off her phone. Mm-hmm. And... The judge and the and the judge says, you know, you never turn off the phone, blah blah blah. And she was like, I'm turning on the phone because you are in, you are in chemo. That was a friendship moment. Too bad that she don't do that with everybody else. <laughs> but no, I think because the difference is, I don't think that those people are her friends. I think at the end of the day, she she helps them, and at the end of the day, it is that parent-child relationship. And at the end of the day, the associate she treats them very much like her children, and other people like David, she basically kind of treats as. As she and something less, yes, but but the difference is maybe friends, but the judge is more like her mother because at the end of the day they obviously go way back because basically the judge goes didn't I teach you better than this and obviously that potentially could be we obviously know that's her fixer but mm-hmm. that's also somewhat her mentor in the same way that when we at the end of the day. Cyrus was also her mentor. Mm-hmm. So it's not a coincidence that of the five people at the table, two of those people, Olivia has known probably the longest of anyone. So that's why the interaction with them is always with Cyrus. She always interacts with Cyrus as an equal, never as an underling, even when she's throwing blows. And I think that with the judge, she actually like has respect for her and obviously some form of love. Cause I agree with you. That was that was actually beyond a friendship moment. That was a family moment. And basically she was saying, I don't care what's going on in the rest of the world. I'm going to be here for you regardless of what you say because you have cancer. Well, okay, let's I'm go. Sorry, I, no, 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 yeah, no. You're good. Yeah. That was a good point, though. But I want to go back to before we have the, the scene where I cried. Um, Abby, we talked about her frustration since season or since episode one. Abby was frustrated with Olivia because Olivia was pacing around. The associates, Huck was looking at her. Columbus was looking at her, trying to figure out what was going on. They said she'd been there for a while. Abby being, you know, the bull she is, went right in and said, tell me what's going on. Tell me why. And I think Abby's approach, I didn't appreciate because I understand she wanted to know what was going on. But at that moment, it wasn't a time to lay 50 million questions on her at once to figure out what was going on. Clearly, something's wrong with her. But you don't say, hey, Mill, why are you looking like this? Hey, Mill, why'd you do this? Hey, Mill. Let's talk about how she snatched that phone from Olivia's yes. hand. But that was actually a good move. Yes. That, was, that a, was a good move. That was a great move. And I was like, okay, that was a good move. But then once she went into the office, then I was like, well, okay, because I think I, her to the coffin. I take back what I said. I said that Abby doesn't know her place. But Abby does know her place in a way because Abby is still staying true to herself. And she's still being an authentic person she is. And Abby knows that as... what is Abby the investigator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abby's an investigator. She investigates. She found out she needs... Olivia is the one who's out of line and not doing her job to the best of her ability. So that's why she was saying, your phone was off. I've been doing my job. I need to tell you this. Hang up the phone right now. She grabs it. So that's, I don't really see anything wrong with that. But when Abby, what's up? To play devil's advocate, and I I totally agree. Yeah. But I was just thinking, out of 
everybody at that office, if you were Olivia, would you confide in Abby? Would you pick her? No. Hell no. I agree. That's what I'm thinking. But I think, I'm thinking when she, when, when, when Abby was saying, why didn't you tell me and what, this, 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 and this? And I was looking and I was like, I wouldn't hold, tell you either. She can't hold water. I would tell Harrison because he seems, you know, he's a little more calm, but because Abby is so on. But I think this is the problem. And this is, I think, where it gets a little bit complicated. I think that even though I agree with you, both of you, I think the problem is Abby is the only one who cares actually out of fear. I think that Huck and even Harrison, from a personal perspective, they are going to basically, for lack of a better word, ride or die with Olivia. No, but seriously, because Harrison's like, I'm just so happy I didn't have to get a bookkeeper degree. Because basically she kept him out of jail. And Harrison knows that if he went to jail, that would not have been a good look. I thought that so w- basically he is going to go over a cliff for her. And even though Abby, was got, she got out of a, a divorce, she basically is literally like, this could crumble. She literally is seeing Olivia do things that she's never done. Her faith is not blind. That's the difference. Because that's not Abby's personality. Harrison is basically like, just like you said, cool collective. He keeps everyone in check. Huck, because of where Huck has been and where she pulled um, him Huck from, is-, is literally like, I'm gonna, I'm a soldier, I'm a gladiator, and I'm there for Olivia. But think about it. At Quinn, because Quinn is new, does it make sense? And technically hasn't technically suffered. She came close, but she hasn't. And Abby, same thing. Abby's like, but if Olivia can't keep this together, then what do I have? So even though I think her approach is out of line, I think it's from a place of fear that she's like, what the heck is going on with my friend? Because if there's no Olivia... All other cards crumble, including all of their lives. Yeah, she's an investigator. She's nosy. And so it's expected of her to do that. For Columbus's character, he's very cool. And he's like, look, she saved me a year's. Don't, no, I'm not asking any questions. I'm set free. I'm going to just do what I need to do. And so it makes sense. And then I think, too, it goes back. We all have those friends who will tell us the truth. And then we have those friends who will tell us the truth. And Abby just wants to find out what the real truth is. And she's not clouded right now. Um, but let's move on to... Olivia told Abby to move on, and then we see that uh, Cyrus calls Olivia and tells her to meet in the spot. I thought this was re- I thought this was really slick. It was slick, really, but no, 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 no. But we were all expecting something to a certain degree. Not not when he called. When she sat down, though, something I, wasn't right in the, the room. The call was slick. The call was slick, but when she sat down, something wasn't right. And then when she looked at her watch, it, the whole scene, it was shot beautifully. The whole scene was just, and then we saw slowly but surely the security details started walking in, and then the POTUS walks in. And, you know, <laughs> I was afraid. I didn't see the previews, or because I think you said, somebody said that they saw something. Yeah, we, there was a little oh, glimpse yeah. of something, they but I, I didn't see it, so I didn't know what to expect. And then when it happened. I teared up, and I don't cry. I don't cry at anything normally, but I teared up, and I couldn't control it I'm because I'm tearing up now. But when he Aww. he basically called it called it off, my voice is cracking. Aww. But I think, but I think before that, I think, but before that, and I think this is why their relationship is so complex. He basically was asking her. He basically was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, I'm literally like, you basically made your move and you basically were like, I'm not yours. In the office with Cyrus, I made my move and basically was like, okay, cool. And basically when he sat down at the table, he knew what he had to do, but he was still wanting her to say no. And basically asked her, and that's why he was like, oh, I'm going to Georgia. Do you want to hop a ride? And basically she was like, how was there, how was there any future in this? Yeah, she said, no, I don't want right before that. She said, she so I can join line. the Mile High Club. How is there a future? Like, what, what is the future in this? It, it's just heartbreaking though, because it goes back to what the judge said. You know, in this situation, right and wrong aren't fixed. We know what we want to see. We know what they want, but we know what they can't have. And there's so much conflict and controversy. That, oh, and basically he goes, and this is just, I mean, the great writing. He's like, fine. 
We're, We're done. done. I'm letting you go. And she said, what? Because. No, she didn't say anything. Uh, she did say what? I don't think so. No, I don't. I heard, I heard, I, I heard And I heard nothing. Uh, unless it was one of you guys. I heard. I think it was me. It was probably me. I heard a, I heard like a really deep sigh and I heard like a what? I, no, that was one of us and she, probably Sophia. But no. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm letting you go. And he goes, that's what you want. And then he's like, I'm married. I have children. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to the country. And then he goes, I have to be responsible. And then he goes, right. And he was asking her a question. And he paused. And she goes, right. And then he goes, okay. And she goes, okay. And he goes, well. And to me, this is where me and the POTUS are no longer friends. He goes, order whatever you want. It's all being charged to me anyways. That somehow seems so cold and callous. It's like, you brought me to a public place, even though obviously it's completely, um, there's no one else there, but the fact that you brought me to a public setting, that's the typical move that people do so that you can't create a scene, right? That's how people break up with you. I think we're getting a, uh, we're getting a a signal from the booth, so I'll, I'll, I'll ease up. Okay. Now, Olivia, I think she got what she she got what she deserved. She asked for. I think she got what she asked. She she's playing. Oh wait, you know what I just realized? Go ahead, keep oh, talking. She wanted. She's pretending like she really wants this. He's playing with her. It's over. Okay. I, okay. I think it goes beyond this whole mind games. I don't want you. I, because it goes back to what the judge said. She was saying, you know, you're saying that you don't want him. You're pushing him away. But in, it it. It's almost this little bit of hope still. It's the little bit of hope that they can still be together. And even though she's pushing him away, she's saying, just like Fitz wants her to say, I want you, she wants Fitz to secretly say, I'll end it with Melly. I'll end my career. We can still be together. Man, the agreement. Yeah, and you have to you have to ask. But no, no, no. But she wants him to say it again, though, and actually do you it. You can't listen. You, you can't have... I'm sorry, Olivia. You can't always have your way. I'm sorry. That's you her can't. issue, though. Like the judge was saying, should she ride on hope? Should she wait however long? No, not really sure if Fitz is going to divorce Melly. If he does, can they be together? If they're together, are they accepted? Can they be public? Is the relationship going to work? What if they get divorced afterwards? Hmm, I don't know. So this whole scenario is a what if, because there are more factors involved with just two people liking each other and, you know, wanting to be together. It's more than a married man and a regular woman, you know, wanting to start a relationship. There are so many things tied to both of them that, unfortunately, it seems like the what if isn't strong enough for her to ride that hope wave. I mean, we, you know, we would like that to happen, but sorry. I mean, that's a lot to gamble. That's a big gamble. I completely agree with Cornelia. And I think that it's what's going on basically with Melly and what's going on with Olivia are the exact same thing, opposite sides of the same coin. Olivia can't believe she's in this situation. This is against Olivia's moral creed to be in love in the way that she's in love with, just like Cornelia said, not only a married man, but a married man with so many layers that they're basically doomed before they began. But at the same time, in another time, in another place, their love is on a completely different level. And so I think that as almost every other episode, the actual main scandal ties into what she's feeling because she's starting to think to herself, okay, here you have this young girl and at one moment she w- she seemed like she was wholesome and the minute everyone found out her background, they basically didn't care 
that she was missing and presumably dead. Olivia starting to think, what, what is her legacy going to be? Again, she's a fixer because she can't fix her own life. Melly is basically being the dutiful wife, but really wants to be political. They both want the other's lives. I was going to say, I want to apologize when I called Olivia the side chick a couple weeks ago. But going back to that, it goes to if they did, if he did break it off and they did get together in public opinion, what we know her backstory as a as a girlfriend, not a mistress and all this stuff, it all goes away. Because in, in other people's eyes, she's just a hoe, a side chick, all these other names. It doesn't matter her, her, her political career, how she helped the president become the president. All that stuff goes away because once something negative happens, just like we saw with Jenny Nystrom, just like we see with Quinn. Once something bad happens to you, it all goes away. Lindsay Lohan, you know, she was this cute little girl. Once that one bad thing happened, so it it goes back to that. So I think with this whole situation, I don't think it's over. Hopefully not for my sake, but... I think the problem is it's new allegiances, and I don't know where that's going to come to yeah. play. Yeah, and even going back to them being together, even if... If Melly and Fitz broke up and Fitz got with Olivia, do you really think that Melly is going to just sit Mm-mm. back and quietly allow this relationship to blossom? Melly and would to, kill it. She would. Melly would come in guns blazing. And she's pregnant now. And yeah. she's pregnant now. About and to have a child. Preg- and she's pregnant. In a in a perfect world, we you know, like the judge said, you love him. Yada yada. Everything she said. But if this were a real life situation. And you were dealing with a married man who was in a power position, you most likely would have to walk away unless he gave you some assurance that it was going to be fine. Because Fitz, he never really gave her besides the time when he said, I'll leave the White House. But after that, now when he came to the restaurant, he pitched Getting on the, the, you know, Air Force One and going somewhere. That wasn't good enough for that situation. A woman needs something to say. It's going to be, it's me and you. I got you. Let's go. We can do this. And then she probably was like, okay. But he was like, you want to hop on the jet? That's not enough. That is the best that she's going to have to get. And she's either going to have to take it or sit down somewhere because his wife is married uh, uh, he's married. Um, he's married, and his wife is pregnant. She has to take it or leave it. I think it goes back, and I'll just sum it up really quick. It the same thing applies for Olivia and Fitz. Cyrus said last season, "Some men aren't meant to be happy; they're meant to be great." I think it applies to Olivia. Some women aren't meant to be happy; they're meant to be great. And we saw her little um, Senator Davis tried to come in and swoop for the rebound, but she was not. Having <laughs> she wasn't it. having and it. And I think it's an important line because yeah. basically he's like, "Everything's going to be okay," and she <laughs> says, "No, it's not." But it was very touching when she broke down and she cried at the table by herself. That whole scene reminded me of when he was in Ghost with Demi Moore. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was that was realistic yeah. because even if you're in a bad relationship, you're in a great relationship, everything comes to an end at some point. And even though you say you want it to end, when it ends, you really weren't expecting it and you don't know how to deal with it. Well. And it's 10 episodes, and we've never seen Olivia cry. We've seen her on the brink, and that wasn't just tears. That was like a breakdown. breakdown. Like, she literally, like, you you could feel the weight of everything that she's been carrying, and now she doesn't even have whatever it is that she had with Fitz. I was going to say something to break down really, really quick. Okay, fall lineup. 
www.afterbuzztv.com. Go make sure, go to our website. We have a great new fall lineup. We cover so many shows from scripted to reality to uh, drama comedy. We have something for everybody. So go to www.afterbuzztv.com. Look at our website. Go to our schedule. We have more than 50 shows. You would definitely like something. So make sure that you go and check out our new fall lineup on www.afterbuzztv.com. Okay, quickly, Twitter is blowing up. Three people have said she did say what, apparently. Huh. Oh. So Bam was right. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Bam was right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we apologize, but she did oh, say I what. I didn't. I didn't hear it say what though. But I guess she did. Um, so yeah, let's talk about um, after the breakup. Let's talk about our friend Huck. So Huck is struggling. Huck was at the beginning of the episode. And he was talking about his whiskey addiction and how whiskey addiction and how he's gone back to it. But he was talking to a new friend, cocaine. And, <laughs> you know, it's nice to see Huck finally meet somebody. Hopefully this friendship blossoms for the better. She likes him. She likes him. But I don't know if she's going to be a healthy friend. If it's going to be a healthy friendship because she looks she's struggling still too, like struggling hard. But I think that either way, it may potentially be beneficial because he has no one. Yeah, because Olivia's not there. You can't get past whatever you're getting past if you don't have some kind of human connection. And sadly, for him, what he does, his work, is human connection. And that's what's messed up. Like, he he feels some sense of honor, and I think that's why, you know, when, when basically the parents realized that there was no justice, he immediately jumped up, and the minute he jumped up, I was like, oh, he's, he's going to kill him. And that's, I think that's the reason I'm also torn with this episode, because this is the first time we've personally seen Huck actually go to the point of killing that we know of, because he had uh, Charlie, he just tortured, we have Artie from last week, just tortured. But we've never seen Huck actually kill, or at least here we didn't see it, but actually hear that he actually killed somebody. When we saw that uh, the ambassador was killed, then yeah, and it, it's lost. For me, it's becoming, like, whenever I see Huck, I start to get nervous. Like, whenever there's a, a situation where you question, you know, what's right and wrong, is Huck going to do something, I start to get nervous because now I'm automatically assuming that he's going to do something. And, you know, it, he, he can't control it. He said it. I had, I had whiskey. I loved it. He was like, it was perfect. It was perfect. I agree with you. And not only am I scared, I'm torn. Because I think he was really, he's already gone down that road. Mm -hmm. And in his mind, he's already lost. He didn't want the father to basically be where he has been. And he knows the father isn't good at his work. So it would potentially destroy the father. And the father asking if Huck had children was irrelevant. Right. The ability to take another person's life is something that will change you forever. Huck has already been changed. So in some context, he did the honorable thing. I think the problem is it literally now has fully connected back into his addiction. And before, just like you mentioned, he was dabbling. Now he's uh, fully he's, back in it, and he's 100% an addict. I just want to see what Cocaine Girl does, like how, she, how she's going to play into this. Because you saw when he sat back down, he grabbed her hand and clenched, and she clenched right back. So I just want to see how that's going to play out. And that can be difficult, cause, because even if you're dealing with two people with real-life addictions, mm-hmm. like to substance, like cocaine or, or heroin or whatever, if one person has an addiction and they are backsliding, and the other one mm-hmm. is trying to stay on the narrow path, that doesn't work. Right. So mm-hmm. no, no, when no. I saw them holding hands, I was like, whoop, she's going to be back because on cocaine. Especially when she... It's okay. When she he said, I've been sober and because remember she congratulated him you've been sober for six months or something like that and so when she sees he's sliding back and then she's like oh well if, if my friend's going back okay i'll just go back for a little taste yeah and then they both fall back together and exactly because i mean he made a great argument like his speech 
It was, you couldn't even argue with him. Yeah. He was like, it was perfect. It was great. Like, I'm great at my work. And I think it triggered something in her head. I think you're both, you're both 100% correct. Well, let's talk last about David and Abby and then the I final scene. I was going to say, speaking of taste. <laughs> they tasted a lot a of each crazy, other. Yeah. Uh, had a little craziness in the bedroom um, seven oh, times. <laughs> that old snap. Um, seven times. Um, but then David gets a phone call and we all knew, I'm pretty sure we all knew that it was going to be somebody related to the case that mm-hmm. he was trying to crack because we knew it wasn't some organic relationship that formed. But were you expecting for them to join forces the way they did? Were you expecting? Yeah, I called yes. it. Because think about it. We called Abby's, it last episode. Yeah, Abby <laughs> is so frustrated with the fact that Olivia, if your boss isn't giving you anything, boss slash what you thought was your friend isn't giving you any type of taste of anything. And then this guy that you're screwing and you go to his apartment because you're, you're a paranoid investigator. You go into his apartment because he's ignoring your calls. And you know Abby has relationship issues because she dealt with her husband. So she breaks into his apartment. She sees the wall, sees he's investigating Quinn case and Olivia. Once she sees Olivia's face, oh, 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 details. Okay, let me go. So she talks to him, and then she breaks in again, gets into the shower with him, and says, basically, do you like me? Are we together? Let's work on this together, essentially, because she oh. wants to find out information. And if this guy is going to give her information, let's do it. And we can still have sex? Yeah, let's do it. I agree 100%. There's still 10% of me that literally also thinks Abby still in the back of her head is protecting Olivia. Well, because it's... Because because at the end of the day, no matter what, just like you said, Olivia is still the one that broke her husband's kneecaps and got her out of that marriage that wasn't just a bad marriage. He obviously physically abused her. So at the end of the day, the minute she goes in and realizes he's investigating Olivia, I think there's still a part of her that's like, it's better for me to be aware of what's going on. Because I think that's why she said a conspiracy is a very strong word. Mm -hmm. She, of all people, should know that Olivia is more than capable of a conspiracy on the level that he's talking. And somehow when she said that word, it didn't sit right with me. I think that she was the first one to crack and we all called it last episode. So 90% of her is exactly what everyone's saying, but there's still 10% of me. She's still protecting Olivia. I have a bad feeling about this. Or maybe, or on the flip side, sorry, Bam, she... Abby, at the same time, is planting seeds in everyone at the office. Let's take it back. Because Quinn, throughout the whole episode... Abby was throwing side eyes. She was making smart remarks. Quinn was watching her this whole time. And at the mm. end, when when Abby felt a certain way after she came out of the office from talking to Olivia, then Abby asked Harrison, why aren't we questioning everything? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we questioning everything? So I do, there is, I, I, I feel what you're saying as far as there might be a, a, a side of Abby that's still trying to protect Olivia. But at the same time, she is being that bad apple. She's she's planting the seed. And right now, the only strong, the strongest link left is Harrison, because he said, I'm loyal to the end. Let's do this. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Quinn is questioning it. But she kind of standoffish because Harrison said it was OK. Huck is in the deep end. And Abby is now she's with David. And quickly, before we go into news and gossip, let's talk about what we discovered especially with the final scene. So David, through his investigation, figured out that somehow um, Doyle Hoyle Doyle. Hollis Doyle. Hollis, Hollis Doyle, Doyle. Um, who we see talk to Cyrus a lot. He's a, he's a big, the big oil executive. And so we find out that somehow he's connected to the Quinn case. And um, it's a technology company that was blown up. And so we find out that uh, her boyfriend, Jesse, Jesse was calling the head of security mm-hmm. at oh. Hollis Doyle's 
Hollis Energy. He was calling the head of security, and they're trying to figure out how it's connected because they had no investment in the software company. And then basically Doyle cuts them off. And, and he called 11 times. Yeah, 11 times. So what could the connection be? And then in the final scene of the episode is when we see, I don't think any of us were expecting, we see Hollis Doyle in his office, and then we see the Supreme Court Justice walk in. Then we see Cy- no, Melly. And Cyrus. No, Cyrus. Cyrus. Then we see Melly. None of us knew who the last person was going to be. I, Did you know? Yeah, I was like, oh, I live. I'd had no clue. I didn't know who I was going to no be. I walked through that door. I was like, what? No. Like, I was kind of, I was shocked. And it just real. makes you question, like, how, what is going on? Like, how big? Completely. And even the look that Cyrus basically looked at, at Melly and then looked at Olivia, it was almost as if none of them thought they were going to have to be at that table again and basically, you know, alerted that David is becoming a problem and Olivia was like, don't worry about it, I'll fix it. Mm-hmm. But, um, just going back really quickly to, to Abby, I do think that Abby is going to find out something maybe she doesn't want to know. Like, I think her her objective was to find out more information about Olivia. And now she's now she's going to get a, a whole eyeful of information. And I kind of do agree with you, Sophia, that she's going to get some information and she probably will look out for Olivia's interest because she may play dumb a little bit, but she's going to try. She's going to figure things out and she's going to maybe discover that something is going to go wrong with Olivia. And so I do think that 10 percent will play into Olivia's will favor. Play into Olivia's favor or. Now that she's associated with David and they're all tasked with stopping David, is this going to pull Abby down with David? Mm. Yeah. Especially given just one step back when Olivia basically was like, I had suggested to you to let it go. Now I'm requiring for you to let it go Mm. now. I completely agree with Camelia. That's going to have to come to a head and Abby's going to have to pick her team. Oh, God. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, guys, because we have to move on. But do continue this on Twitter. Um, So let's go into news and gossip. After Buzz yeah. TV News. Um, very quickly, news and gossip. Everyone, make sure that you, TV Guide is having a cover contest. So basically, obviously, Scandal should be the cover that you want for TV Guide. So you go to Facebook, you go to the TV Guide page, and you like the page, and then you like the cover. Also, People's Choice Awards, um, basically jump online, peopleschoice.com, yeah. and you vote for Scandal. Vote, 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 Gladiators. We need to win everything. No, just kidding. And we're going to do the shout-outs at Scandal Pace. I'm going to do them really quickly. Um, at iTunes. Oh, perfect. We have them up on the board. Awesome. And so if you don't hear your name, see, you'll see your name. iTunes, MVS1123, Socialfly2282, Ewan Etries, T-I-Y-A-G-N-T, Rhea Madison, Misha Oslia, Eddie McGee, RG, Kimberly Burton, Munera Page, Gail 2 Gail, Renee Henson, Boy Marvel, Icky, Gladiator in Training, Twitter, Candice Bridge won. She's the one who made sure that we did TV Guide cover contest. The Cubicle Chick, Fitz Fanatic, Uncommon Chick, Melissa Source, Favored Wiles, ABME Ray, Charlie Sparrow, J. Can Teddy Bear, Love Scandal in Paris, Aaron J. Cruz, Titiana Ruth, TT Rell, Michelle DC1, or Michelle underscore DC1, Simply Breezy 77, Juliet, You, Me, Inc., Jupiter, Julep 24, Journalistic Joe, Keisha Miles, Shanti 71, Aaron's Aaron Scandalous. <laughs> Woo! YouTube, Gladiator and Gear, G E S M A C A 3, Claire 9221, V O N N E S E R A, Love, Love, L U V A N I N M I S I Q 88, Nikki is chilling. I don't know if I can do these. Miss Chess Player 1125, Frida J, 
C-L-O-T-I-L-D-E-930, Lithia Jones, D-Pin Chalk, Manisha Reynolds, T-A-L-L-A-S-F-E-R-R-I, Mommy Nab, Quisson, Niobe One, Vase on eight, Peachy Keen five four seven, Kitty Daniel one seven nine, Belize Park, I love Olet, Super Black Phoenix, Starry one one eight, Crazy Cray Craze Ayana, Mahogany Blues, Toot Fanfic, Sandman one zero zero one, Big Six Entertainment. L I L M M O M I Minaj Minaj Pedro Augusto Lago Batsi B-A-T-T-E-Z-I-N-I. Hopefully you saw your name on the screen. iTunes, Twitter, YouTube. We love you guys. Please continue to jump on iTunes. Rate, comment, subscribe, tell a friend. Continue the conversation on Twitter. Continue the conversation on YouTube because there are more characters to talk to us. We love you, Gladiators. Shout out. Love you guys. Also, uh, Scandal just they, um, just premiered in the UK, so congratulations. Yeah. To yeah. Welcome, UK Gladiators. And ratings are still, are still pretty solid. 6.17 million viewers. So pretty good. So yeah, we have a lot to celebrate. For we're off, are we off next week? Yes. Oh, yeah, we um, are off next week. Um, but we will be back the following week. But we'll still be on Twitter. We'll still be on Twitter, so you can still talk to us. And if you want to do, like, a Watch a Scandal episode from the past week or maybe even last season, we'll um, we'll watch that with you, possibly, if we're not too busy. Yeah. <laughs> Just depends on our schedule. Um, but let's go to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Right now, the only prediction I'm really worried about is the whole David and Abby thing and then the table scene to see where that's going to go. And I think we basically already covered the Abby thing. We see that's going. So the table scene, what do we think is going on to the fact where... I, I have no clue. I don't know. What what can that be with all of them involved? It somehow has to tie back to the Grant presidency. In terms of the timing, we have always said that the timing of the bomb, obviously, as well as the fact that I can't remember what episode it is, but um, Hollis, Doyle, right? Mm -hmm. Remember his interactions with Cyrus? Mm -hmm. He obviously was one of the biggest financial contributors, and that's why, as an executive, he's technically not a congressman. He has no place in the White House, but he has unencumbered access. That means he is a big deal from the very beginning. So I think that somehow it relates back to the presidency, but I think that Fitz was never involved. Yes, and so I think we're going to see now that basically it's Cyrus, Melly, and Olivia on one side, and Fitz on another. And mm. I think that is a very scary thing. But... If um, if Olivia was not involved and Melly was involved, then it'd be one thing. But the fact that um, that the two of them are involved together, you just yeah. kind of wonder. I want to see what happens just, yeah, with that. Because yeah, you're unsure because if it has something to do with the president, then I could see Olivia involved, but I wouldn't. I couldn't see Melly involved. Well, no, Melly's still his partner, though. She's yeah, still she's his partner, his partner and Melly is a little more willing to get her hands dirty. Melly is Melly is out here. She's ready to do whatever. She's down for whatever. Especially when she's trying to get to where she wants to go. Exactly. So it, and she and to me, <laughs> I see it as she sees this can happen in order to save the presidency. I'm not sure. So for Melly, I'm thinking she sees it as I need to get cool with these people because I might need them to have my back when I step into the position mm. that I want to be in. Or Maybe. she always had a seat at that table. Yeah. Mm. That's how I see it. And maybe that's why she has a problem with not having a seat at the other table because in her mind, she's like, I got a seat at the other table. And that's why she keeps saying, I got you elected. Mm. She says it again and again. And we've always said that there's a secret about Melly, even when she goes, forgive me. There's always been a subtext that we're like, no, 
What did she do? There's something that she did that we are not aware of. There is no way Melly was not privy to whatever this was from the very beginning. I'm and whatever so it is, Fitz has, he doesn't know. Exactly. Guys, Poor we're thing. out of time. But as always, we really had a blast here. Thanks for watching our and listening to our Halloween special. If you're listening to us, make sure you see our costumes on um, YouTube. Or we'll probably tweet out pics, too. Um, but we hope to see you guys in two weeks. Um, same time, same place. Where can we find you guys? Oh, you can find me. I, I like to do ladies first. You can find me, Bam Erickson, on Twitter. At Sophia Stanley on Twitter. At Cornelia on Twitter. At Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. Guys, like I said, it's been a blast. Make sure you continue to rate, comment, subscribe on iTunes, um, share. We love you guys, and we will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Gladiators. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 